Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. Well, all right. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And uh, there's a name that I like to call it, and me and my social circles, we like to call it National Singles Awareness Day. And so, yes, that is today. And so what better day for Evan, the uh, associate pastor, to come on stage and preach than Valentine's Day. So now you are aware. Okay, cool. I, I could talk to you guys about like relationships and marriage and all of that stuff, but I'm still, I'm still in the process of all of that. So I don't, I don't know if I have the best advice. If I tell you guys how to live a healthy marriage, I'll probably be like, what does this guy know? And I understand. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I will talk to you guys about something I do love. Since I was a kid, I loved this thing called adventures. And my mom can vouch for this. I was always the type of kid that wanted to go somewhere and do some kind of adventure, go discover something that I've never seen before, or just have a great story. I loved movies. I loved all those kinds of things. I am a huge Lord of the Rings nerd, okay? Um, I just saw the two towers in IMAX yesterday by myself because it was because I needed to see it, and it was awesome. Don't judge me. It was great. Um, <laughs> I loved adventures, and one of these things that just really just solidified my love for adventure was this movie right here, The Goonies. Hey, you guys, I heard it. It's so good. I love this movie. I saw this when I was like 11 years old, and as soon as I saw it, I was just like, this is just all my existence right here. My mom and dad probably were so tired of me watching this over and over and over again, and I could probably quote it word for word, the entire Goonies movie. If you want to watch it with me later, I'm so down. Let's do it. Um, but it was just such a good movie with venture and with conflict and with all these things, and it kind of inspired me for the name of the youth group. And that is actually the name of my sermon today. It is called The Journey. The Journey. And so I'll give you a little bit of backstory behind the name of the youth group. Uh, the name of the kids' church is called The Kids' Dock. So it kind of had like this boat feel to it there at the dock. And so I was kind of doing a play on that. And I'm like, okay, well, they're kind of doing a journey now. They're setting sail a little bit. And I just, I really like boats. Boats are cool. So I, I created that. And we, we have a slogan, and I kind of want to practice it with you guys. We're going to practice it all together. This is the slogan right here. He goes, we follow. Okay, so whenever I speak this, and the students didn't say anything, just now, and I'm a little disappointed, but every time I say he goes, you guys say, we follow. Okay? So you want to practice? He goes. We follow. Okay. Usually, usually I like to have a little more excitement. You guys were really good, but I, I, I need you to be excited. Like, we're going to follow. Okay? You ready? He goes. We follow. Oh, man. That was awesome. Okay. He goes. We follow. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a little more context behind that, okay? I, I want to I dive deep into that. But we also have four core values. Don't put them on the screen yet. Uh, we have four 
core values. They are on banners. I did a whole series with the youth group over the four core values. And I have a $100 Visa gift card for the student that can come up here and tell me the four core values. If, if you have all four, come on up. Anybody? You didn't, this is a $100 Visa gift card. You want me to keep it for myself? <laughs> you know it. They're, they're, they're practicing it to each other right now. All right, first person. You want me to keep it? Come on up. Oh, okay, here we go. There's one. If you guys don't have these memorized, I'm going to be like, what? Okay, first core value. Take a journey for your life. Well, that's one of them. Okay. Okay, that's another one. Take a journey for your life. Take a journey to the world. Take a journey towards God. There's one more. You're so close. Hannah's giving her hints right here. So you didn't, you didn't say with others. You, you get it. Okay, here you go. $100 gift card. Give her a round of applause. Take some bravery. Uh, she's already been up here, so she's not too scared. She's probably been on a close-up in the camera. But that is our core values. And so uh, the first one, take a journey towards God. I want the students to know that there is a God that loves them so much. And as we draw near to him, he draws near to us as well. That is the most important thing. And the second is almost just as much as important is take a journey with others. I want them to see people the way that God sees them and love them and love who they were created to be. All right, next one. For your life. I don't want it to just be a church experience, but I want it to be every single part of your life. And after you leave the Journey Student Ministries, I want you to continue to follow Jesus after that. And the last one is take a journey to the world. I want people to want to share. I want the students to share the knowledge of Jesus, share the love of Jesus with the world around them, sharing the gospel with every single person that they see in their life because they are so excited about him. So that is our core values. And if you talk to me, as I talk to leaders and I bring them on, or as I communicate with parents, my main goal is to help students so that when they graduate, they're able to continue to follow Jesus. That is my main goal, because as soon as they graduate, the world is going to bring challenges and hardships, and as they go into university, it is going to challenge every single thing they believe, and I want them to be solid in their faith. That's my goal. I'm not going to hold it all on me, because they have the choice for themselves, but I want to prepare them and know that I did the most that I possibly could. So, back to our slogan. He goes... We follow. Okay, let's try it again. He goes, we follow. He goes, we follow. That is based on the verse Matthew 8, 23. Matthew 8, 23. Then Jesus got on the boat, and his disciples followed. I love this verse because it's so simple. Jesus got on the boat, and the disciples followed. A disciple, here's the definition right before you. A discipler is a follower a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. It's basically like follow the leader. You, know, you guys ever played that as a kid, follow the leader as someone who does something, as they roll on the ground, you got to do the same and do a 360. When they follow Jesus, they want to mimic the life that he lived. 
Sometimes we read the scripture and we, we see the life that Jesus lived and it's so amazing. And Jesus is saying to us, yes, and I want you to live that same exact life. It's not just a life that is unachievable, but it's a life that we can achieve ourselves. He goes, we follow. We all have goals in our life. We want to get a promotion. We want to finish school. We want to get graduated. I've got uh, some, a senior in here and a couple uh, juniors, and they are excited to graduate. That is a goal that they have. We want to find somebody and get married. We want to finish the season of our life because it is dreadful just so that we can get into the next one. We want to pay off our house. Or we want to raise these kids and get them out because they are driving us crazy. These teens need to get out of here because, oh my gosh, can't deal with them anymore. Get out. That's our goal. Then Jesus got on the boat and his disciples followed. Jesus just finished the Sermon on the Mount. This is all the stuff that happened before he actually got on this boat. He finished the Sermon on the Mount, which is probably the best sermon that has ever preached in history. If you're expecting me to have the same quality sermon that's not happening, read the Sermon on the Mount. That is the best sermon ever. He healed a man of leprosy just by touching him. He heals a servant of a centurion uh, from literally miles away. The guy was like, you have authority, therefore you can say heal, and he heals. And Jesus did that. Uh, he healed Peter's mom, and she got up and served them. And he healed multiple people and cast out multiple demons. And so if you're thinking about this and thinking about the situations that they were in, the disciples are probably like, yes, we are going to follow this guy because he is on fire right now. Like this guy's healing people, he's doing things, he's feeding everybody, he's doing all these great things. I am going to follow him because this is so cool. And let's keep reading. Matthew 8, 24. Then Jesus got on the boat and his disciples followed. And if you guys could follow along with me in your Bibles. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. The disciples followed Jesus because they were expecting something super cool to happen. And the storm came, they're freaking out, and Jesus did another awesome thing. But there are four takeaways I want you guys to get from this story. The number one takeaway, don't forget how far in this journey God has already taken you through. Don't forget the journey God has already taken you through. There's so many scenes in the Bible of people just freaking out because they don't know how things are going to be okay. In Leviticus, God uses Moses to part the Red Sea. All of the Israelites are going through this sea, and it says on dry land. And as soon as they are going across and, and they're in the desert, they're like starving to death. And they're like, oh, we want to go back because we're starving. And Moses is like, what do you mean? <laughs> Why would God just leave you behind after he just parted an entire sea for you to get through? You think he's just going to let you starve? And I love this other scene where uh, it's in 1 Kings, Elijah. He drenches this altar because he's challenging these other prophets. And he drenches this altar and he says, okay, God, I need you to send fire from the sky 
to light this altar on fire, and God just, and it lights on fire. It's such a cool scene, and if you haven't read it yet, it is so cool. But then right after that, a ruler threatens him, and he runs for dear life trying to get away because he doesn't want this ruler to get him. And I'm just thinking, did you forget what God had already done? It seems like in our lives, what we like to do is we say, God, I don't know how I'm supposed to get through this. God, this is a challenge that I can't get through. And God's like, don't you remember what I have already done in your life? Don't you remember the fact that I sent my son to die for you and now you are transformed? Some people I know God has done amazing things and we look at our circumstances and we say, this is unsurmountable. And God's like, did you forget what I have already done? Jesus was asleep. He wasn't worried about this mere storm. Instead, he got up and said, you have little faith. How do you not know? And he gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves because he knows he's God and they will be okay. I kind of think it should be, um, if you've seen Forrest Gump, like Lieutenant Dan in the middle of the storm, he's like, yeah, oh my gosh, this is the craziest thing. That's probably how the disciples should have been. They'd be like, yes, oh my gosh, this storm is happening, but we got Jesus here, so we're going to be okay. We're going to have a blast right here. Number two, second takeaway. A journey without hardships isn't a journey. It's a vacation. Andy Stanley said this in one of his leadership podcasts, and it, it hit me really good. I said, If it's hard, then it must mean that you are making a difference. And any story that you read and any life that you hear about when somebody is going through challenges, that is a great story because you want to see how they overcome it. With hardships, every hardship that we face in our life will be growth and change. But that will only happen if we let it. God is taking each of us on a journey. There will be hardships along the way. And it's because he's preparing you for the rest of the journey. Read with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. I love James 1, 2 through 4. Consider your pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials. But then I found this one, and I was like, oh, I love this one too. I want to share it with them. So Romans 5, chapter 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly our God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We are facing these trials because God is preparing us for endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of of salvation. I remember when COVID first happened and there was the quarantine, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. I was stressed out. And then Pastor Rick has this eye surgery and he says, oh, I'm having emergency eye surgery. We got to take care of things. And I'm like, all right. (laughs) It was no problem because I knew what was going to happen. I knew that things were going to be taken care of. I knew that it was going to be okay because I faced this trial already before. And so God had strengthened me. God had given me hope and God let me know that he was not going to leave me behind. We know how dearly God loves us. I I just want to sit on this word hope for a minute. Hope will never fade away in your life as long as you have Jesus. Don't lose hope. He's got a plan. All right, third takeaway. 
to go on the journey, you need to get on the boat. Um, I actually have not gone over our slogan again. I feel like you guys might have forgotten it, so let's try it again. He goes. Good job. That was a good one. You guys were ready. Okay. To go on the journey, you need to get on the boat. Picture a disciple when Jesus is, is getting on the boat and he, he knows all of that Jesus had done, but then he sees up on the lake there is a storm coming. And he sees the clouds and he's like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if we should get on this boat. There's a storm up ahead. I, I, I don't think I can. And Jesus is like, are you going to get on or get on the boat? This is what I told you to do. And you're like, no, Jesus, there's a storm. It's going to be bad. I'm not coming. Who in here is just a weather fanatic? Anybody? My dad definitely raised his hand, and I'm going to brag on him for a minute. Dave Holman is also, you guys can be friends, talk about the weather, it'll be cool. Um, So the other day I was driving up to Indy, and I was kind of worried about the ice. I was like, oh, there could be ice. I don't know, it's raining. And my dad didn't text me. So I was like, if there was ice, I know my dad would text me and say, oh, it's going to get bad, be careful. But he didn't, so I was like, well, we're good. We're good. I, I'm not worried about it. In, in fact, when I was living in Florida, um, he would text me sometimes and be like, hey, today at 3.47 p.m., it is going to start storming. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting, and then I just, and I look at my clock, 3.47 p.m. And I'm like, how did you, you're not even here right now. What, are you, what does it matter? But what if we saw this storm up ahead and we decided, you know what, we're, we're not going to get on this boat. When we choose to follow Jesus, we might think that everything's going to be peaches and daisies and so good, but sometimes there will be storms. In fact, there will be storms and things will get harder. And in the case where you decide, yeah, I'm going to get on the boat. Some of us see things that we may feel called to and think, I don't know if I want to do this because it looks really hard. And God's saying, that is exactly why I called you to it. Jesus is saying, I want to use you in order to calm that storm. I want to calm the storm through you. Some people say to me when I tell them I'm a youth pastor, they say, you know, you're working with teenagers, right? I'm like, yes. (laughs) And They say, you know, sometimes teenagers have attitudes. And I'm like, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, you know, in ministry, you have to deal with people and deal with, like, the hardships of people's lives all the time. And I say, yes. But I didn't choose to go on this boat because I saw a storm up ahead. I, saw, I chose to get on this boat because Jesus was taking me there. We don't look at the storms that are ahead, but we say, Jesus, where are you taking me? That's where I want to go. Because if you don't get on the boat... You're going to miss all the exciting and awesome things that he has for you. Sometimes I see when I'm doing ministry, I see students connecting with one another. I see the students connecting with my leaders. I see one who just has a great word to say of encouragement and actually just encourages all the other students. And I'm like, this is why I do it. There are storms, but there are some great moments where God is working. And it makes me glad that I got on the boat And the fourth one, the journey is more important than the destination. Then Jesus got on the boat, and his disciples 
followed. He goes, we follow. Oh, that was okay. That was okay. That's fine. When I was reading this story, I, I kind of, I just stopped at uh, the 27th verse where it was just, he calmed the storm. And they were like, what kind of man is this? But I just thought to myself, where exactly were they going? Where were they going in this entire story? They were in a storm, but in fact, they went to this other side of the lake, cast a demon out of a man, and then went over and did more ministry. But sometimes we get so caught up in the destination of where we're going that we miss where we are currently. Some of us are so eager to get out of the house and on our own. Some of us forget to cherish the time that we are having because we want so badly to go somewhere. We're so ready for our kids to get up and leave the house that we miss the moments that they're having a good time and they got jelly on their face and they're all dirty and, and they're so fun and we are just ready for them to get out when God's saying, don't miss this. You are on the journey. You want so badly to be somewhere that you've never been, but right now God has you. I want to say this to single people in the room. Don't miss the time you have being single, constantly obsessing over who you are going to be with. There might be a reason why God has called you to be single, and it's probably so that he can spend that time with you and grow you who you need to be so that your marriage can be that much better. And for those of you who are married, every single moment, cherish it because there are some people who have loved ones that are passed away, and they just wish they could have those moments. There's some people who wish that they had that beautiful relationship where they are committed to someone who is committed just as much back. I so want that. Cherish it. I'm going to read for you guys Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, the verses aren't going to come up on the screen, but the last one is, uh, and I want to read this for you. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, Time for war and time for peace. Every time I read this, I'm like, this is just, it just seems so obvious, right? There's, there's good times and bad times. I understand there is a time. And I'm saying, God, why are you giving me this? Why, why do I read this? And the moment I understood it was when I kept going. In verse 9, it says, I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God made everything beautiful in its own time. God made every single moment beautiful. The good, the bad, the great, the ugly, the times when it hurts and the times when it is great. He made it all beautiful and don't miss this. So we are the Journey Student Ministries. The students are starting life and I would love for them to grow closer to God. I would love for them to glow closer and love others. I love, would love for them to find their callings in their lives, and I would love for them to tell everybody about Jesus, but I want them to also accept 
the journey that they're on. And God is just simply asking us to take the journey with them. If the worship team could come on up. Whether for you there is a storm up ahead and you're saying, God, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I even want to be a Christian because I know that it will be hard and I know there are hardships and I so love where I am now. But Jesus is saying, just follow me and see the awesome things that I have for you. Maybe we're in the middle of a storm right now. We're saying, God, how are you supposed to get me out of this? And God is saying, look how far I have got you already. I remember in college, I was so worried about my finances being taken care of. And God's like, I brought you here. I will take care of you. We feel like our boat is sinking and is going to crash. But Jesus is sleeping because he knows that it's going to be okay. The times when I get the least sleep are the times when I'm most worried about my life. And Jesus is asleep because he knows it's going to be good. Trust that Jesus will take care of you. Whether you think you are going to the next destination you seek or whether you think that God is taking you somewhere that you never wanted to be, God knows what you need. He will take you exactly where you need to go. I love this line, and it's a funny line, but... It has just so impacted me. In the words of Ferris Bueller, life goes by really fast. But if you don't stop and look around, you could miss it. The main key point that I have for this sermon is don't miss your journey. Don't be too afraid. Get on the boat and see where he takes you. See the kind of father that is so much love and has so much love for your life and the things that he has called you to. It's going to be so awesome. Don't be afraid because right now the boat is rocky. God is calling you into a greater life and this is the trial that you're through to get there. Don't miss right now because it is such a good journey. And so we're going to go into the song, More Holy Spirit. And I want you guys to think, God, what are you calling me to? God, how can you comfort me through this trial and this season? And if everybody could actually rise to your feet. God, this season does not seem okay. I don't know how it's supposed to be okay, but Jesus, I trust you. And God, right now, if there are people in this room that don't know you but say, I, I've been trying to do this by myself and these storms are crashing my boat. God, I need you and your comfort and your love right now. God, I've been so eager to getting where I'm trying to go that I forgot about the people who are in my life right now. God, let me love the current journey that I am on. Jesus, take us. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. 
And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.